It's time for the Power Hour of Love, starring Charbol and El Bandito. Welcome to the Fiesta. Hey everybody, welcome to the Power Hour of Love, starring Charbol and... El Bandito. Hey El Bandito, how you doing this week? Ooh, I'm doing great, senor. We we had a super fun, awesome weekend, didn't we? Oh, you know it, man. It was action-packed, man, and just all kinds of wild stuff happened. You want me to tell you about mine first? Oh, absolutely, because I know I missed out on, on kind of the exciting part of the weekend that you got to partake in. Oh, man, definitely, definitely. And that wasn't by choice. Um, <laughs> actually, uh, my dad just recently turned a big 7-0, so I was like, you know, I wanted to take him to something real special that was kind of like akin to stuff that we did back when I was was smaller you know so i was like man i'm gonna take him to a wrestling match you know like yeah. a, a, li- a live wrestling event so i was like man you know um the nxt wrestling you know that's the uh wwe's developmental uh kind of I, like my dad said best it's almost like minor leagues wwe yeah you know? it's like triple a <laughs> <laughs> exactly you know they were uh coming to the uh the fort pierce fen center you know, so I was like, oh, that'd be great. You know, we're going to go check that out. I, I'd gone like a time before a few months ago and it, it was good then too. But mm-hmm. I was like, oh, you know, I think it will be a lot of fun. Me and my dad going and checking it out. So yeah. I took them and, you know, there was definitely like a lot more fans there this time, which was great to see. Because, of course, that's going to make like, you know, the WWE want to bring more shows back here. And being it's like right in our backyard, that's really cool. Like I used yeah. to always hear stories about like the WCW and NWA come into like the old civic center, mm-hmm. you know, but then like the civic center got, um, I think it got damaged in one of the hurricanes or something. So we didn't have a civic center yeah. for a while, but then, you know, they did the fence center and we do have another civic center now too, but it was like, it's cool that they're bringing wrestling back, but oh, definitely. And the fence center is like a fortress, man. They oh, built that thing yeah. to be the hurricane shelter for the city too. Mm-hmm. So, like, I mean, if you ever go in there, these they have like blast doors in the whole building. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, man. And yeah, you know, like I said, there was a lot more people there this time, so it was That's cool. Great. Yeah, you, you know how it is, man. When you go to a wrestling match, like. Sometimes some of the stuff you hear in the crowd is better than what you're seeing in the <laughs> ring. Not that those guys aren't talented. All these guys are, yeah. like we said, they're minor league, you know, pretty much. Yeah, WWE you, you just guys. get that crowd energy. It's the same thing like going to a concert. You know, you go to a concert where there's a lot of people cheering. You start just feeling that vibe, that crowd energy, you know, and it, it's the same thing. And what's great is that dynamic of wrestling that half the audience is going to like the, the good guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, half the audience is going to like the heel, you know, and then the audience will have fun taunting each other other and the wrestlers you know remember that time we went to that local event and pretty much it was only like one row around the whole ring so there wasn't a ton of people there but there was that one guy Mm -hmm. that was just like See, I mean, he he was definitely friends with the wrestlers like he (laughs) he was just poking so much fun and they were yelling shit at him and stuff but Man, he made the show. I remember we had a great time. Of course, we were drinking a lot of beer. And then, like, in the end, it turned out I knew the guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, he was like, hey, what's up, man? You know, so that, that was that was pretty cool. But what I wanted to tell you, El Bandito, is that you would have really dug this, man. Like, four out of the seven matches mm-hmm. were women's matches. Nice. I was going to say what I really dug was that picture of some ass you oh, sent me there. Oh. That was nice. <laughs> I have to say our seats were perfectly placed, like, right near <laughs> one of the turnbuckles. And, like, yeah, for about ten minutes, this one girl just kind of stood there bouncing up and down, <laughs> waiting to get tagged in. And, yeah, the sight was – I mean, I looked over at my dad, man, and he had the biggest smile on his face. <laughs> I mean, he I, I could tell he was like, man, for, like, a 70th birthday present, yeah. This I know. You're probably leaving the house your Mom's like, all right, don't get him too excited. You're like, nah, it's just wrestling. It's exactly. Like- <laughs> yeah, I, I could tell he loved it. He's like, hey, when, when's the next one of these going down? <laughs> but, um, but yeah, man, I have to say, I mean, I don't know if they're taking like some, you know, cues from Glow, mm-hmm. you know, being that that's so popular right now. But even the WWE, of course, we've seen that, you know, the women's wrestling is yeah. definitely getting a, a higher push. But, man, 
I gotta tell you, Albin, I gotta show you some of these 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 videos, like <laughs> the bumps some of these girls are taking. <laughs> I was like, holy it's hell, good shit, yeah. I, I mean, you know, of course it's live, so it looks a lot harder than you know. But mm-hmm. the thing is too with it being the NXT, like they're they're pushing yeah. a little, they're, you know, putting in that little extra because they want to get up to the next level. Exactly, you know, so. it's why going to AAA games are oftentimes a lot better than major league games. Oh yeah, because a major league guy gets hurt, he's out ten million dollars. You know, mm-hmm. a AAA guy has to like be the best to get that 25 million dollars you got it so they are just showing it off so yes we're definitely going to check out the next one that comes to town in september but it was a lot of fun well that's awesome man i'm definitely gonna have to try to make the next one with you because i have yet to see some nxt wrestling live and in person and i I think yeah i'm really going to enjoy that especially all the beautiful women's oh man it was awesome i had an action-packed weekend with a beautiful woman so that was nice (laughs) and uh, we actually are going to do a segment later on in the show today that i think everyone's going to be really excited about and it's going to talk a little bit more about what i spent the weekend doing because i watched an amazing new mini series and it was so good that i powered through the whole thing (laughs) but i don't want to give away any spoilers on it so stick around for the show's third segment and we'll get into that in a little while but for right now i think that the next like watch fest of the weekend (laughs) is what we should address because it's time for the draft of thrones Death and death and movies, death and movies. Who will die next? Who will die next? Who will die next? Horns for nudity and the violence. And the violence with his schemes and stop his power. Who will rule the Iron Throne? Find out next week, find out next week. Never this week, always next week. Oh, yeah, old bandito. You know, we've been doing this for a few weeks now. Just a few people haven't been caught up yet. Uh, you know, a few weeks back when the, sh- the Game of Thrones started, you know, we drafted some characters. What was it, about 56 characters yeah. between the, the two of us? Yeah, yeah, 56 characters still kicking. So for all those people out there that are like, well, I don't need to go back and watch Game of Thrones because I pretty much know everybody who died. There's 56 people who could still get killed. Exactly, you know? <laughs> exactly. And Actually, three weeks in, I think it's 40-something people. Yeah, yeah. We've de- you know, I, I got to tell you, El Bandito, you're going to have to start killing some more of my guys so I can get some of those <laughs> death points. You know, uh, hey, you know, it's not for lack of trying on my guys' part, trust me. <laughs> yeah, it's real funny. You know, what it, the way it goes down is if your character dies a memorable death, that you get a, a good amount of points, yeah. which I would not, you know, compete that, you know, th- that those haven't been all memorable. memorable. <laughs> you know, they have, they, I mean, I definitely, yeah. you know, the, the final scene to this week's episode was just kind of like, Wow. Like, yeah. you know, talking about going out like a boss. Huh? No, definitely, definitely. <laughs> so we'll go ahead and officially drop the spoiler alert for the rest of this segment. So anyone who wants to join us in about four minutes, let us, you know, go ahead and get out what's going down on the show oh, and yeah. uh, then come back and join us. But for right now, we're going to go ahead and we're going to run down the top two scores of the night and what they went through. Oh, man, what's going on? So kicking things off, Senior Bull actually had the highest scoring player of the night oh yeah Uh, he had drafted uh the oathbreaker himself jamie lannister (laughs) who earned himself a whopping 130 points in last night's episode oh yeah and uh he got some violence points for dropping the 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 old lady finally (laughs) (laughs) the queen of thorns you know definitely one of my favorite characters but yeah she like we said she definitely went out like a boss yeah yeah and i have to say i think she got what was coming to her i mean i know she killed (laughs) some bad people but still she ain't never really seemed like a nice lady to me oh yeah she Um, she always had so she says she's the queen of thorns baby yeah and it was funny how jamie gives that whole big long speech about trying to make sure that it's painless for her and all that shit then she hits him with that bomb right at the end and you're like oh all this pitch, man. Which, yeah, just, you know, I know she said, you know, Joffrey, what a cunt. You know, I mean, it's like, yeah, yeah, she's definitely got it. She got her in. But the way she just downed that, like, poison, yeah. like, she's like, okay, that's good. And she just took it. I was just like, wow. Yeah, that's, that's like a boss, man. But yeah. Jamie went on to get, well, actually, that was the end of the episode. So I guess earlier yes. he had already gotten some some sex and nudity points. Oh, yeah. For yeah. having a, a pretty fiercely romantic encounter with Cersei, <laughs> who I have drafted. 
did. Oh, uh, so, this, so this was a very uh, funny situation that we both yeah, got we, points. We, yeah, we got points for our characters banging. <laughs> um, and I don't know why they don't have like extra incest points on here. We should get some incest points. That's going on. true. That's true. <laughs> I mean, you know, you know, but definitely, man, that, yeah. that was a that was a good scene. I like how Cersei at this point she just don't give a fuck. Oh, totally. Like she just answered the door with Jamie in the bed. It was just like she's like, I'm the queen. It, now. It, I, do I have to say, it reminded me very much of this clip from Jack Nicholson in the old movie A Few Good Men. Okay. If you haven't gotten a blowjob from a superior officer, well, you're just letting the best in life pass you by. So uh, definitely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Having the queen come in and rigging, you know, work you over is pretty awesome. <laughs> I like how first Stu Jamie was like, no, no, <laughs> yeah. please don't. You know, and he just gave yeah. in. And then you're like, what that's pretty much how it always goes. But uh He's like, You want to get some of my knob right over here, my little nub? Talking <laughs> <laughs> about his hand, his hand yeah. nub. <laughs> but that's what he was messing with when she first came in. He was like kind of admiring yeah, he, was, he had taken nub. his hand off and was trying to put it back on. Uh, he's probably embarrassed or something, man, oh, making I'm fun sure. of the poor guy. Uh, hey, I he's one of my drafted characters. I have a lot of Faith in uh, Jamie well, Lannister. For all of the ladies out there who, you know, find him devilishly attractive like I do, um, he, he does have some nice butt shots in that episode, <laughs> so have fun with that. But he earned his the most points um, for his status upgrade when he took High Garden. Yes. Yeah, that was that was pretty cool. Yeah, he took he definitely uh he he uh sacked that castle pretty yeah. much. So yeah, yeah. And he got a whopping sixty points for that, which is great. Oh, yeah. A great upgrade and everything like that. He had Tarly there, mm-hmm. you know, uh Sam's dad, who he managed to convince to actually take High Garden and he promised it to him. So oh, yeah. you know, a little bit better at the game than Jon Snow. Jon Snow didn't give anybody <laughs> shit for anything. So uh, you know, he, Jamie was living up to his word there, but I have to say, one thing I was a little disappointed in was he didn't get any red shirt points for for killing red shirts because they like kind of skipped the battle. Sure. And I was kind of like, oh man, I'm sure he got in there and and got a few. And then I was thinking about it later, and I was like, dude, he didn't have a drop of blood on him. When he was oh talking yeah. To Lady no, Elena, he did it. You know? He did it. He let so, he let his he let his people. He's a commander. Yeah. You yeah. Know, so I was like, you know what? He probably didn't kill anybody. He probably just waltzed in there and killed it. But I loved how it was shot. I love that it cut oh, yeah. right to the end of the battle oh, because yeah. just moments earlier, my top scorer of the night was uh, making a huge mess over at Casterly Rock. Uh, I had Grey Worm. Oh, man. And now th- now there's where it does differ. You know Grey Worm was in the shit. Oh, yeah. Know? Yeah, they like, show no him on it. screen yeah. just taking dudes out. When he threw the spear at the guy, oh, you remember yeah. that? That, was, that was awesome. So 110 points go to Grey Worm for maxing out the red shirt uh, kills at 50. Mm-hmm. Uh, then his status goes up by 60 points for being the commander who took Casterly Rock. Oh, yeah. I think he should lose a couple points, though, for losing his entire fleet out on the ocean to <laughs> Euron. But, yeah, no, absolutely. All joking aside, yeah, like, Grey Worm definitely stepped it up. I know we've mm-hmm. been, you know, we've seen the Unsullied, you know, in Maureen and stuff like that. But just seeing them t- uh, fight a actual Westerosi army, you know, is really cool. You yeah. know, like, it's just kind of like, wow, they, imagine how far they've traveled. And, man, they, they just kicked ass. And they used the whole thing with Tyrion's mm-hmm. uh, tunnel thing, which I know is an old story from i mean i know in the books they talk about it a lot that yeah yeah, yeah. Tywin was like oh you want a special job at casterly rock you made the guy <laughs> take care of the toilet you know the sewers you know so yeah and and, and look how what goes around comes around you know but oh, i know yeah. we were talking about euron showing up and destroying their ship and now um the unsullied are cut off from the rest of the uh essos forces there oh yeah um, and they're kind of out on the other side of the country there's armies all around them and everything mm-hmm. and so they're really screwed over and you brought up an interesting point that like that kind of intel to have <laughs> fucked over both the sand snakes <laughs> and for euron to be in the right place there and for jamie to have taken the army out of uh casterly rock it was just like almost a little too clever of cersei and her gang and uh, you brought up the interesting point that someone might be, uh, <laughs> might, might, might be a fly on the wall or perhaps a spider <laughs> on the wall over in Daenerys' camp. So we'll have to see if Varys really lives up to all of the kind of touting he's been doing about looking out for the people oh, and see if yeah. he's really looking out for himself. It will be very interesting to see. I mean, yeah. there, there definitely is. You know, we saw the exchange between him and Melisandre. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, it seems like... 
they both have their own missions that they're on. So yeah, be oh, very... absolutely. But wow. you know, considering all that he's gone through to save Tyrion, yeah. and as earnest as he seems in all the speeches with Danny, um, I wouldn't be surprised if it was someone else there who was spying on him. Sure, but sure. ultimately, we'll we'll have to wait and see who's got Cersei's back and just. Oh. You know, speaking of Cersei, she got a bunch of points this week as well. She was the next highest scorer. Mm-hmm. You know, she got a bunch of points for, you know, killing uh, the, the last of the Sand Daughters there right in front of Valeria. Man, that was brutal. Oh, man. Talk about a revenge scene. It makes me think of like one of those old mafia movies where like totally. the guy gets a, he's pulling out the chainsaw or some crazy shit. You know, it's just <laughs> like, is it that, that akin? And it was just like, what is she doing? And it was like, as soon as she planted that one on her and started like, it was like, yeah. oh, yeah. shit. And the best yeah. part was how she tells her, you, you'll, you'll, you know, we'll force feed you. We'll keep Alaria alive to watch her daughter rot and her body you know her face cave in and and she's telling her exactly what she said was the worst fear for her own daughter yes. after she found out that yeah. she had died so it wasn't just that she killed her daughter right in front of her but she is is making Alaria live out Cersei's own worst nightmare uh, and that's that's pretty that, dark to wish pretty that cold. yeah to wish that on another person <laughs> you know but uh but Cersei of course got a bunch of points also for you know, fooling around with Jamie and yep. and her had some full frontal action there. Looking oh yeah, hot. oh yeah. Um, but also, both of them got points for food. I left that out yes. when I was talking about Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so uh, hey, well, that's good. I I really like that little extra. You know, get a little <laughs> extra five points here and there. Yeah, so. yeah. So that was good. And and real quick, just to wrap up, kind of the the events of the week. Um, I did want to make a quick a quick uh you know shout out to Sansa's hair. <laughs> That oh. I, I know last week I kind of talked about it a lot, like looking like Cersei's hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just kind of yeah. taking this queenly, queenly route and everything um, and kind of becoming darker and all that. And I started to realize this week that like with her braids and everything, uh-huh. she's wearing her hair like Caitlyn. Oh, not like good Cersei. Point. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I so she's see getting back to her kind of Starkian northern roots. Yeah. And finally t- trying to be more like her mom, who I think she really didn't connect with that much early on in the show you know oh yeah that's a very good call el bandito that yeah she is like her mom would always wear those those braids so yeah yeah very cool man well it's been an action-packed you know draft of thrones for this week i can't wait to see what happens this upcoming sunday as things heat up <laughs> you know it guys so Hopefully that'll whet your guys' appetite to get out there and check out some more Game of Thrones and join us back next week where we'll talk a little bit more about the draft and who's scoring what and who's scoring where with who. Oh, you know it, man. But, you know, just like we said about the fire, there has to be the ice. And who better to tell us about the ice is here with Adam Warrock with When Winter Comes. There is only one God, and his name is Death. And there is only one thing we say to Death. Not today. You either win or you die, that's the price of the game. And we only pray to death by saying, See the blade that I wield, that's Valerian steel. See the horse that I rode, see the banner I hold. Oh, win or die, that's the price of the game. Inside his bed, it's a dirty 
business Though crowns is on their heads And gold is in their hair And silver is in their safe With an army of lions and fire That lights the sky Till all you see is blood red staring back in your face Something heavy on your chest As the prince who became a king It's a secret we can't confess So he rules with an iron fist Merciless A hound at his side To do his dirty biz Yeah House of Lannister Riches from your wildest dreams Double cross to keep succession of a king And those pretty faces hide The ugly that's beneath the You ran the ring Or you die That's the price of the game And we only pray to death by saying See the blade that I wield That's Valerian steel See the horse that I rode See the banner I hold Oh Together the seven kingdoms, a mad king just laughing. Brother and sister trying to return to the place so they could reclaim their right to fire and blood. Dragonborn who could walk through the flames and survive to come to lead the Dothraki to war. Who dabble in blood magic, crossing the narrow sea. Who struggle to see the rise of the dragons once more. Yeah, can't escape the Baratheon spies. Can't mistake silver hair and blue eyes. Can't control all the tribes in the wild. So a queen rose to take her place at the side of a warrior king. Where gold crowns are death and the dirt is their beds. To the victors go the spoils in the evilest way. Cause overseas there's a force rising up and every house has War on their breath, cause that's the name of the game You either win or you die, that's the price of the game And we only pray to death by saying See the blade that I wield, that's Valerian steel See the horse that I rode, see the banner I hold Oh, win or die, that's the price of the game And we only pray to death by saying See the throne that I sit, see my family tree Because they say the winner's coming, this is how it has to be Your dancing master, Sirio Forel. Tomorrow you will catch it. And that was Adam Warrock with When Winter Comes. Oh man, I think that was a perfect way to cap off our Game of Thrones segment. <laughs> Absolutely. And I got to stop putting a time frame on like, hey, come back in five minutes. <sighs> we always talk about that way too long. So hopefully no one tuned back in right in the middle of some spoilers there. But Sure, man. But it's just so hard not to you know be detailed about Game of Thrones right now. I mean, it's getting so close to the end and it's like. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's yeah. why we thought of doing the whole Draft of Thrones segment and all that. And I know we already discussed that on the final episode of the show. We are going to probably commit an entire segment of the show to just being the Draft of Thrones oh, yeah. for the season finale. And we'd like to hear what all of you beautiful people have to say about your impressions and thoughts on the show. So make sure to hit us up anytime you'd like at the Power Hour of Love at gmail.com, on our Facebook page, on our Instagram. Let us know your theories, what you oh, think yeah. each week as things go down. And uh, you can always call us, too, on our toll-free love line, 1-844-944-LOVE. You can hit us up there 24-7 to 1-844-944-LOVE and leave a message for us. Or, you know, if you catch us in studio, we'll throw you right on the air. Oh, yeah, man. Absolutely. You know, like I said, you want to hear their theories, what you guys think. Like, mm-hmm. you know, who would, you, who would have been your top picks for the Draft of Thrones? But... Absolutely. And if you wrote any, you know, Game of Thrones inspired music, just like Adam Warrock did, feel free to let us know. Because I hear he actually released an entire Game of Thrones inspired album um, that came out before season three. Uh, oh, so yeah. you can check all those out on YouTube and you know, wherever you can find Adam Warrock on the interwebs. Oh, you know it, man. And like, that's, what's kind of cool. I know we just listened to that track and even though that was written during that time, it's so funny how some of that stuff still (laughs) plays through and, you know, we've been watching this for so many seasons, but it's like, Hey, those, those things are still pretty much the, the main three powers, the Starks, the Lannisters, and um, the Targaryens. Hey, everybody he talked about, I think, is still alive. <laughs> yeah, so That's exactly. pretty impressive. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's, that's a feat in its own. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, man, you know what? I think it's time for our favorite segment. Uh-oh. What do we got coming? Podunk News. Oh, man, it's a fresh new edition of <laughs> Podunk News. All right, let's find out what's going on in that Podunk world out there. Well, man, I know you wanted to talk about this one a little while ago, so why don't you hit this first one that's on the list? All right. I've been kind of sitting on this for a while because I wanted to chat about it. And after our chat last week about some new shows and stuff coming out, I wanted to make sure that this week we talked about 
the new feature film coming out by Disney. Oh. And they have announced another live action remake of a cartoon classic. And they'll be remaking Aladdin. Man, it's very interesting to me because, you know, I thought, you know, this really kicked off with Beauty and the Beast. Mm -hmm. But I was talking to somebody and really like uh, the Jungle Book yeah. is actually what kickstarted this whole, you know, kind of gets this bit of a craze with remaking. Now, the Jungle Book, I understood because, you know, I mean, do you remember back in the 90s there was a Jungle Book movie? Yeah, there was like a second one or something. Yeah, well, no, no. I mean, it was a live action, but it didn't have oh. anything to do with like, you know, the Disney version. Yeah, yeah. It was like somebody adapted the original book again. Yeah, yeah. And I remember I thought that was cool. But when they redid this one, it was cool that it had like all the talking animals and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then we saw Beauty and the Beast. But now you tell me Aladdin. I mean, Aladdin's yeah. not that old, you know. Dude, they've even got Mulan. Is, oh, it's is in the mix to be coming out there. But the, wow. the reason I bring up Aladdin is because they announced the cast. Oh, And cool. they already chose a cast for it. And I know that was kind of a big deal about the Beauty and the Beast movie. Everybody wanted to know sure. who, who the cast was Who's for that. Who? <laughs> yeah, so so they've got uh, Bina Musad is going to play the titular character of Aladdin himself. Um, he hasn't done a super lot of stuff, but he's in a couple of things. Probably most notably is that he's in the Jack Ryan TV series. Oh, yeah, you know? I've heard that's pretty popular. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, like, they have a lot of, uh, you know, characters of uh, different races on there. Sure, So sure. he's obviously, he looks, you know, Middle Eastern-ish, you know, so, uh, you know, he fits that part of Aladdin very well. Oh, sure, um, sure And then sure. they have Naomi Scott, who played the Pink Power Ranger in the new reboot movie. Gotcha, um, gotcha. Who also has this kind of, like, really beautiful kind of ethnic look to her where, where she could fill the role very easily. Um, the one thing that really threw me off was that they have named the director for the film. And who's uh, that? You, you want to take a crack at who the director might be? Oh, man, I, I couldn't imagine. I'm just thinking about someone that maybe would have done <laughs> some stuff with uh, uh, Disney-related. No, sure, who's it going to sure. be? It's going to be Guy Ritchie. Oh, well, <laughs> that's kind of out there. Yeah, from okay. Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, yeah. Snatch, uh, the Sherlock Holmes movies. Uh, it certainly seems like all those are just right up the alley of Aladdin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm. I wonder if they're gonna still keep it as like a musical. Like, are they still gonna have this? I, I haven't seen the new Beauty and the Beast, so I don't know if they do that in there. But yeah, I wonder if it's gonna. It, yeah, I can't imagine him directing a musical. You know? Yeah, no, it seems super weird. But okay, the question on everybody's mind that I know it's on yours: Who plays the genie? Oh yeah, this this is it. <laughs> like, I mean, who's gonna fill those way too big shoes of robin williams absolutely and nowadays we got some people i mean at the time you know a jim carrey could have probably slipped in there and helped oh, out a sure, bit definitely sure, doing sure. doing voiceover stuff i mean he did such great work with the grinch but nowadays we've got a lot of other people who could kind of jump into that role maybe even a uh a seth rogan could that get would, in there okay yeah i could see him doing it yeah i, could... I think seth mcfarlane from uh family guy fame doing oh, all the sure, voices sure, sure. And characters and stuff you know you know i think even like the guy who voiced homer simpson like voiced Dan him Castella. yeah yeah he, he, he voiced him in all of the animated series and the follow-up right. straight to dvd films yep yep so who's playing so, him in yeah. the live action so uh they actually dude got just such an out of this world pick you know i'm sure it's gonna floor you oh i can't wait to hear it who is it will smith no no he's busy doing that show at like orcs <laughs> and stuff it can't be will smith no, that's what they said they said they're getting will smith to come in and i guess just ham fist his way through <laughs> being the genie he's like listen listen this isn't exactly right they're like no will haven't you seen like the original he's like yeah i want to change that too anyway <laughs> part of my contract i know he's like we're gonna make a lot of men in black jokes we're gonna make a lot of uh um racially themed humor <laughs> well that's not what i meant by men in black but... no i'm just saying like just like in the uh in that new show remember he yeah, said it has, the bright a, show. Yeah, has a lot of racial relations yeah kind of yeah things. but I, I don't know i guess they're gonna make a lot of fresh prince jokes maybe some wild wild west jokes uh, I, I don't know. He doesn't strike me as that funny. Sinbad would have made it better. Yeah, Sinbad. <laughs> Wasn't Sinbad a genie? I think that that's that movie that everyone thinks happened but didn't happen. <laughs> like that's like yeah, the whole the, the Mandela effect yeah, thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm saying he look. You can just imagine. I mean, I think they're probably gonna have him like all CGI yeah. up. Like I can't imagine him just being a blue will smith sure sure but when you talk about like the frank caliendos of the world doing impersonations which was kind of a big part of you know yeah. the animated one I, I don't really see where it's gonna go but hey i've been wrong before so 
But we still don't know who's going to play Jafar, huh? No, no no word yet on Jafar. No word oh. yet on the Sultan either. Which, oh, the Sultan. There you yeah, go. There you which go. should be fun. Or Iago, if they have an Iago, which yeah. is... It should just be Gilbert Godfrey. <laughs> I mean, really. But dude, the Sultan should be, what's his name from Game of Thrones? Uh, Tyrion. Tyrion. <laughs> remember he was like a little yeah. guy? Remember yeah, he get Peter like, Dinklage out there. Oh, I'm sure he'd probably do it. <laughs> well, remember the Sultan was like fat and stupid? Well, that's true. That's true. I'm <laughs> Maybe he'll be Seth Rogen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not man. sure Seth Rogen could have a daughter like Naomi Scott, though. <laughs> <laughs> well we'll have to keep this but I, I can't wait to see a trailer for this oh right? yeah this be we'll, we'll, we'll keep eyes on it we'll <laughs> let all you get beautiful people out there know once we do a little bit more about this uh spectacularly disastrous film well next up on our news we've got a pretty like dark and chilling tale man this is almost Uh-oh. tied together with our our third segment that we're going to do later but uh yeah a man in connecticut has been sentenced to 120 days in jail Ooh, after he cut the family goldfish in half during a domestic dispute what? The, <laughs> yeah the fish belonged to the girlfriend's nine-year-old son so i mean that's pretty like is, is this guy doing that old bible story of like oh i want it no i want it they say well we'll cut the baby in half and each parent can have half the I, baby. I, I, I i maybe i mean i i'm just thinking like you know i mean i get it. it's a you know some people that's a fish a fish you know it's like yeah but i mean you know this kid it's probably you know it's probably his only pet or something you know it's probably, i mean i can see that totally traumatizing this little little guy, you know, like oh, I got gotcha. you. So you think he did it just to be a mean jerk and was yeah. just like, I'm gonna cut your fish in half. Bleh. Yeah, you know, probably now the... that makes more sense of why they're putting him in jail. Because I was kind of like, really? <laughs> well, the mom, you know, I guess him and the mom were fighting, and probably gotcha. didn't get back at the mom. They're like, I'll kill the fish. Yeah, then, that's you know. pretty awful, man. So, I it... was totally thinking something way off base on. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I guess yeah, he cut the fish in half. But yeah, 120 days in jail. So wow. Be careful what you do to those fish. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely stick around for the next segment when we talk more of how this compares to the exciting show I watched over the weekend because I definitely see where you're going with that. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, here's a, a semi-lighthearted uh, story here. Um, <laughs> the Ohio State Fair is featuring sculptures of cows, a chocolate milk bottle, and full-size athletes up to six feet made completely out of butter. <laughs> I see what you mean about it's sort of a lighthearted. Yeah, yeah, very heavy on the cholesterol. Yeah, it might be a little a little heavy-hearted. But there's a dark side to this story too. Oh no. Okay. Yeah, unfortunately up at the Ohio State Fair there's actually a very bad accident on one of this uh rock and roll rides. Like mm-hmm. you know, when I say rock and roll, it's like one of the ones that kind of just swings back and forth, you know, oh, yeah. spins like around. Like the weird pendulum kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, actually uh, it was it had two uh, uh it's like a a weighted thing where like one side would go up and then the other one would go down like almost like the pirate ship yeah but yeah like literally like a whole row of seats like detached and people oh fell gosh. like 25 feet to the ground oh one an 18 year old was killed and there's like nine other people that are like seriously injured that's so. why i never ride that fair shit man <laughs> I, don't, I don't ever do it i mean i get people like it i mean i get theme parks but Man, you you build something in like a day? You set that up yesterday? <laughs> Fuck you, I'm not riding that. <laughs> What's surprising to me is that not more stuff like this happens. I mean, yeah. with now with the advent of the internet and how much news we get, like, yeah. you know, you'd hear about this more, but you're absolutely right. It's just like, I think it's really going to take those fair commissions like a thing to take a step back and say, how well are these things being maintained? Yeah. And, you know, yeah. I, ma- maintenance is the biggest thing because honestly, the way they engineer these things are brilliant. I sure. mean, you look at roller coasters that have been around for 20, 30 years and they do just basically routine maintenance on them. It's, it, it's pretty amazing. You know, sure. and these things that travel around the country on the back of a car and it folds out <laughs> into a fucking Ferris wheel, you're like, wow, that's an engineering marvel. And sure. they're made to last and to be solid as shit, you know. So, you know, I don't go on a lot of rides. I just They, they scare me. I don't really like them, sure. you know, to begin it's with. Easy, so, you yeah. know, maybe it's unfair of me to kind of judge those rides. But it's definitely a maintenance issue of somebody, sure. like, not taking care of what they need to take care of, you know. So that's very sad, man. I'm sorry to hear that. Well, like I said, this has been a little bit of a darker version yeah. of... Uh, and nobody you know, landed on one of these six-foot butter things and saved their lives. 
lives or anything? No, unfortunately not. I think that was like the other side of the fair. You oh, know, maybe was, that's what it was. All these people were eating pounds of butter before they got on there and just blew the fucking weight limit on this thing. It could have been, man. <laughs> I haven't seen any follow up to it. I mean, I know when it first happened, I was like, oh my gosh. Like, you know, I mean, definitely it killed yeah. one individual. And the worst part, I mean, not not that anyone would, but I guess the, he was just about to go into like the Marines and oh, stuff. You know, he was 18. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. just, just terrible, a terrible tragic. story. But this it, next, it the next story we have is a little more lighthearted. That might get a little oh, more. Oh fuck chunky. that! I read this story. This is a terrible fucking story. <laughs> I'll go ahead. Uh, all right. That. So it says after an article published by Microsoft caused outcry in the community over the removal of Microsoft Paint in the next Windows 10 update, Microsoft has decided to keep it available in the web store. <laughs> so after 32 years, though, Paint is be- being replaced or was supposed to be replaced, and now is going to be like kind of side by side with a new Microsoft. Uh, uh, application called Paint 3D. Sure. Right? Now, okay, MS Paint, yeah, everybody had it when they were kids. This is wonderful. And the fact that they're keeping it around, hey, that's great. Yeah. But you know what? Like, I know a lot of people that work in the digital and graphics industry. I mean, we have a guy who does graphics for us and for the show sure, and everything. And, sure, and they sure. look great all the time. Well, I know absolutely. We do a lot of the little ones that we throw on Instagram and stuff sure. like that ourselves. Um, but, you know, when, when we're actually getting professional promotional stuff done, like, we go to pros. Oh, so yeah. it's like... Now they're taking money out of the pockets of pros yet again by like throwing out one of these user-friendly programs. I mean, hey, I'm all I'm all for innovation, but damn, you know. I I, I see what you're saying, man. We already have an app for that. Yeah, now we're all getting replaced for computers. Pretty soon, our creativity replaced by computers. MS Creativity coming with Windows 11. You know, we don't even got to think anymore. Well, definitely a guy that could tell us about computers and the new age and everything else that's coming out would be Whitey Cracker, and man, he's got a song here called paint. That I paint with Go fragments Sitting all up in the system matrix Make shit happen for the back And keep it dangerous Hack the Deuteronomy Coming in through the basement Chase it all up to the tippy top I can tell I shut an island With a QC Shining like diamonds And I feel like dying Sometimes when I'm flying On a focus And my clothes stay the dopest And hope it's gonna keep On staying clear Well into the following years To flick fear on all other antis Trying to keep a man down In this franchise Gotta keep both eyes open Cause they never know When a broken link Or a token Gonna set the whole world on fire In the ocean of the side space Roll it up and lose it all Just like a MySpace Buggers with the break point to make the money, make it rain on all the strippers and the shake joints. Feel the hacker with an attitude, getting paper as a batter do. Chilling in the tropical latitude, the gratitude of an internet beaming. The boy stayed out here dreaming, trying to shake all of his demons, but failing. Give your boy props, cause he's still mailing. Close folk keep on sailing, keep my eyes on the merchants like Sarah Palin. Me and Rod Barnett on the internet of shit, got the firmware square, let three is sailing. Packs that I paint with, built all up on that busy box proxy painting. Docking containers on these hoppy rainers, for the baby blue check mark, verified famous. Thank you. 
And that was Whitey Cracker with paint. Well, man, you know, there you go. Whitey Cracker takes, you know, MS Paint and totally wraps it up to all of his, like, you know, computer hacker knowledge and crypto stuff. Like, you know, it's, it's just like, <laughs> he just has a great way of putting stuff out there, man. Like, I Oh, mean, absolutely. And that song comes off of his new album, Strictly for My Streamers, which he's talking about us, El Bandito. <laughs> I thought he meant, like, streamers, like, you know, off the 4th of July. Oh, <laughs> Or or ones that you hang like for like parties and yeah, stuff. These yeah. are from my stream. Well, I mean, you know, I know <laughs> I, I know Whitey Cracker likes to party, so <laughs> <laughs> No, absolutely, but that's awesome, yeah, that he made that album strictly for the streamers. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it's just really cool stuff, a really great uh attitude to have towards the world, that wild, wild west kind of thing. And you know it, you know, man. it's it's just you know, the world's changing so much in that regard. You mm-hmm. know, and I think the first person who really kind of came out and realized like Wow, this is making a huge impact in my mind. That I noticed was was Weird Al. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He you, he he led the the the, the charge with that. That's yeah, for sure. you know when he started just just he's putting his music videos up on YouTube and his songs mm-hmm. for free and stuff like that. But at the same time, he wrote the song about like don't download this song. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's like a parody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was just it was really clever and really smart, and and it's nice to see. Um, you know, a lot of people, you know, younger artists, more progressive artists, really understanding that dynamic as well. Sure, you know sure. that that pretty soon that entertainment world isn't going to be that kind of very coveted, you know, seventeen bucks for every CD out there. That, sure, that we can all kind of work towards that utopian Star Trekian paradise of like we all just work for the betterment of mankind. Oh, sure, and you know, like you <laughs> said, I mean. You know, if you like someone's music enough, you're usually going to buy a T-shirt or buy a yeah. sticker or buy something, you know, something. Yeah, there's, that... there's other ways to support them, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and it's great to get your recognition and your notice out there. It's why the Power Hour of Love is free exactly. for all of you beautiful people out there because we live in this bleak world and we just want to spread a little bit of love. And, you know, that's why we're coming at you with this segment here, our segment three that we said was going to have all this exciting stuff in it tonight. Oh, yeah. And it is a retrospective look at the bleak world we live in through the eyes of what Senor Boyle has brilliantly dubbed the Stephen Kingdom. (laughs) (laughs) Well, man, I mean, I know you've seen it. I know I've seen it. Like, this year, it's a good year to be a fan of Stephen King. Absolutely. It's an even better year to be Stephen King. I'll tell you that. (laughs) Because that dude is probably just, like, taking showers with money right now. (laughs) Oh, dude, I know he's going to be celebrating his 70th birthday (laughs) next month. Wow, really? Yeah, so, and he's he's, he's actually just finishing up a book with his son, Owen. Mm. So, I mean, it's kind of cool that even his sons have kind of joined the fray, and and they're writing, uh, of course, you know, mostly horror-based novels. (laughs) I have read a few books by his son joe hill you know he's the guy who did like lock and key the comic oh yeah that's a great comic i have those i didn't realize that was his son because of a different name that was the thing he he went by he decided to go by the name joe hill because he didn't want to ride on his dad's shoulder yeah of course once people figured out who it was of course like hey that's that's stephen king's son yeah everybody knows anyways yeah but Yeah, good luck keeping anything a secret, you know, on the internets. <laughs> well, real quick little trivia about Stephen King before we get into the media that we we're going to talk about. You know, back in like the 80s, he created the uh, pseudonym uh, Richard Bachman because he wanted to see if like he could write some books and still be hits, okay. you know, with, you know, without just his name. And I mean, you know, uh, probably the one that comes most to mind would be The Running Man was, a, was a Bachman book. No way. That, of course, got turned into a movie way before people knew it was a Stephen King story. Yeah, that's so that's, that's that's wild. So it's pretty cool. And then um, uh, Misery was actually originally going to be a Bachman book, but then the word got out that it was really Stephen King's. I'll just put it out under me. So just kind of a cool little, uh, little, little trivia yeah, there. Definitely but... <laughs> very cool. Very cool. But you're right. It's a great time to be Stephen King or a fan of Stephen <laughs> King because so much of his work is being adapted and brought to life in so many different genres. And typically that's not a great thing because <laughs> they're going to take your stories and fuck them up. Uh, but what is always great about it, regardless of whether or not your movie turns out bad or good or whatever is the exposure that you get the ability that all of us get to be able to now walk up to someone who hasn't read the books Mm -hmm. and say hey did you see this show hey did you see this movie did you see this trailer do you hear about this character uh just that level of exposure where the everyman you know kind of gets a little taste of it 
uh, is great. Now we're really getting that in a whole slew of movies and TV shows that are out right now, all based on the work of Stephen King. Oh yeah, man! Why don't you take it off, man, with what you've been uh, checking out this okay, past weekend? Okay, so yeah, I was teasing earlier in the show what I did this past weekend, hanging out with the beautiful woman's, and you know we were watching the tail end of some other show that ended up being really shitty. <laughs> so I won't even go into it, but we watched the finale and. Man, you, you got to love a show that has a terrible fucking finale. <laughs> but uh, we decided, hey, let's go ahead. We were surfing around on Hulu. You know, it's kind of a new mm-hmm. big thing. I've been digging that a lot. And uh, we said, let's let's see what else we got on here. And I stumbled across something that I'd been really interested in. And you read the book and told yes. me all about. So we decided to sit down and check out 11-22-63. Oh, man. Yeah. Like you said, I read the book and I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Now, this is available on Hulu. It's an eight-part miniseries. And we're kind of just going to give you the gist of it. We don't want to oh, spoil yeah. this because yeah. these are things you guys need to go and check out. Sure. But this is a story about, you know, a man who finds what they call a rabbit hole, which <laughs> is a, a link to the past where he can go back in time um, and interact with events in history. And he does so in the hopes of stopping the assassination of JFK. <sighs> yeah. And, you know, his journey of learning everything he can about it uh, with all of the mystery and you know conspiracy that we know of today, uh, is really quite an adventure and and quite quite a story to roll through in the past. Uh, one of my favorite things about it, and the first thing I said to you, and the first thing I'm sure all you beautiful people out there are asking is like, well, what's scary about that? Like, yeah. where's the scare element? Yeah, I mean, yeah, Stephen yeah. King. And uh, you know, you told me very briefly and watching the show, I understand why it's it's a brief explanation, but it's exactly right. Um, it is time itself. Yes. You know, yeah. like time does not want to be changed. And, uh, the, you know, they tell you real early on in the first episode, if you decide to check it out. Uh, so I, I hope I'm not spoiling anything by saying so, but they say when you fuck with time, it fucks back. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you go and try to change something. There's going to be ramifications, uh, that may not be pretty. Um, and not just in the future, but maybe in the immediate moment. Oh, absolutely. Um, so pretty exciting show. Great miniseries. The James Franco stars in it. Um, uh, great supporting cast. Lots of famous oh, actors. Yeah, Chris yeah, Cooper, yeah. Josh Duchamel's in it. Um, just awesome cast. Amazingly well-produced. Beautiful eight-part miniseries available on Hulu. It's a Hulu original. Um, so, man, if you get the opportunity, check it out. I really dug too uh, that you know it was like it's a period piece because he goes back yes. to the 1960s, so you see a lot of the old cars and the you mm-hmm. know that definitely takes a lot of production just yeah. to recreate you know some of those old yeah, uh, yeah. settings and, so. and beautifully done. You know a lot of Dallas that they show. Oh yeah, you know yeah. Um, Dealey Plaza they show and and it's kind of recreated to look like those in 60s because I'm sure they've erected other buildings. <laughs> oh and, yeah, and stuff there now, but uh, yeah, very cool stuff. So definitely check that out or go read the book. Oh, you know? <laughs> the book definitely, you know, there's some details in the show that, that, that they couldn't adapt just because mm-hmm. some of it gets more into like, like we said, the Stephen King universe or kingdom, you know, <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's it honestly, though, but what they did really cool is that throughout the show, there's little cameos that you should keep an eye out for. Yeah, little homages yeah. and nods to kind of, you know, his body of work. Um, oh, what's, yeah. what, what else is really cool is that the... Uh, faithful adaptation oh yeah although a lot is left out because there's so much history and and stuff involved um they still hit all kind of the high points yes like i would say like you know if you were saying like if you were talking to someone who had read the book and someone had just seen the tv show they could converse back and forth because like you said all those main focuses are hit and 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 well well described there's a few things that i was kind of like oh why didn't they talk about this or that but Mm -hmm. like you know, who knows? Maybe they're gonna do a season two or another show or something. You know, you just never yeah. know what 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 could happen. You know, you guys have to go out there and check it out and see what it all goes through, just to you know, just to kind of see where where we're at. Absolutely. But, so yeah, we encourage all you guys to go and check that out. Otherwise, if you're more of a cable man, <laughs> oh, absolutely, man. You know, try the, yeah, try shooting over to the Sci Fi Channel where they're doing a brand new series around the mist. Now, this one really surprises me about The Mist. The Mist is about a 213-page book, or story, I should say. Yeah, so the shortest fucking thing Stephen King ever wrote. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, 1122, I think, is almost about 1,000 pages. Yeah. So lots of material there. But, you know, it did have that movie back in 2007 with, was that Thomas Jane? Yes. Was in that? 
I'm I mean, pretty sure that's Thomas Jane. A very, very good movie. A very dark movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you've seen it, like you know, you've seen the ending, it's definitely oh my gosh. Yeah, you so want to talk about a finale that'll fuck you up? <laughs> that's that's it right there. Oh, ultimate. Man. Talk about sad. It's just, but but for the TV show though, I mean, from what I've heard, it really plays heavily into like the different monsters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't watched it yet. I know you mentioned El Bandito. You haven't seen it yet, but I'm. It's definitely piqued my interest. Where I'm oh, yeah. like, you know, I got I got to see what this is all about. Uh, just just for a little, uh, you know, king trivia there. Like I know we were talking about. Well, you know, where do some of these things come from? Well, I know mm-hmm. in like the Stephen King universe, there's like specifically like a realm where all this bad shit like <laughs> is pretty much born and that's pretty much what is broken open in in the mist and started spewing out all this nastiness so, absolutely yeah but, and we can't really spoil anything from the old movie if you haven't seen yeah. it by now you're you know, probably not going to get around to watching it but yeah originally it's it's basically a mist that surrounds a small town and just fucking monsters and shit start walking, like giant, and I don't mean like, oh, the wolf man shot. No, it's like a 15-foot crab, and it like exactly. just cuts people in half, and you're like, what the shit, you know? So it's it's pretty wild stuff, it's pretty exciting, and, uh, you know, this, this show is really going to explore more of what can really go wrong. I mean, in oh, the movie, yeah. it's like a matter of hours that, oh, you know, they show you what's going on in this mist. And uh, a show that can really take some time and explore the kind of fucked up shit that's <laughs> going on uh, may be really, really cool. So I'm also excited to check that out. But, you know, you bring up the the, uh, the, the kind of lichpin, like what's tying all of these things together. And more and more of the Stephen Kingdom is looking more and more like a cinematic or or literary um, universe, you know, oh, where yeah. all these things uh, are intertwined and they all work together. And the Dark Tower is definitely like seeming like the lichpin oh, for all the, of those things. That it, that it is what you know is is binding all these universes together. Oh, absolutely, man! It's definitely at the center of it all, and it kind of fills in a lot of the blanks. And I mean, mm-hmm. in one way, like Stephen King has written himself like the op- ultimate escape plan. Yeah, you know, because he writes a book, and then somebody's like, you know, well, what about this or what about that? Then like he kind of writes a Dark Tower book, and it's like, oh, well, hey, guess what? This is what you know, <laughs> kind of gives you a little more detail. But it, at that same point too, it's he's he knows his work so well that it mm-hmm. all makes sense. So it's like it's yeah. very much akin to like comic book writing you know where it's like an ongoing thing and and it's almost like a living uh country in the sense you know where it's like you know uh but this movie that's coming out the dark tower is actually technically a sequel to the books like it's not so much a sequel where you have to have read the books or the comics and stuff to know what's going on when they filmed the movie according to the director they made it so it could also pass as like an introduction yeah so it's like star wars you know like star wars wasn't really the start of the story yep but it was like the best part to jump in at you know exactly it's gonna get everybody into it and hopefully even afterwards many people will be like hey cool i'm gonna go read the books but Absolutely. the director and oh. Idris Elba, he's going to, uh, they've already been talking about doing a uh, television show, nice. which would be more closer to like what happens in the, in the first couple books, which I think, yeah, something like that on, it would have to be on HBO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or a Hulu or a <laughs> or Netflix. Or Hulu, yeah, or, yeah, somewhere, yeah, yeah. Some, something like that that can do like a short run and, and really bang it out. But yeah, we wanted to bring all this up because that Dark Tower movie, that Lichpin, is coming out this weekend. Oh, it's going to yeah. premiere August 3rd, you know, select theaters and stuff like that, that Thursday night, and then run through the rest of the weekend. So we're hoping everyone's going to take a moment to run out there, check it out, and support the Stephen Kingdom Oh and yeah. See if we can we can make it keep growing and um and and help that dark tower kind of spread its wings across all the whole universe. But uh, we know that shortly after that, on September eighth, the next edition to the Stephen Kingdom is going to be hitting theaters with the brand new reboot. It. Oh man, you know. This one gets me really excited in the sense I've read this long ass book. Yeah, it's about fourteen hundred pages. Yeah, yeah. It's a great story. Um, it's it's very scary, and I mean, yeah, the movie itself. Um, I mean, it's getting talked about all over the internet. It's got one of the most watched trailers, mm-hmm. like even up against some of like the you know the comic book movies and stuff like. But it is because you know so many people see it and people are afraid of clowns and stuff, yeah, and they're like, you yeah. gotta see this. But it's just like I think the darkness that kind of comes into like the story, like when you read it i mean tim curry did the movie back in like the early 90s and it's fun and it's nostalgic and stuff but yeah but it was a made for tv movie exactly so there was only so dark they were going to get away with on tv oh so while you can say he's scary as shit you know yep yep. um 
it's you know there's a lot of that Stephen Kingness in books that gives you the heebie-jeebies, oh, like yeah. just the creeps, like it's crawling you know, up it, your spine. Yeah, like, because it's not yeah. darkness in the sense of like oh a giant crab monster it cuts you in half. There's a scare factor involved in that. And there's a scare factor involved in, like, what can someone really do to punish you, to hurt you? Oh, yeah. Some Game of Thrones-level shit that's really going to fuck you up forever, you know? And that's the thing about it. You know, if you guys aren't as familiar, one of his main things is he can he knows what you're afraid of, mm-hmm. so he uses that against you. So Yeah, and it, in the original show, they, they, they show a little bit of how, or the, the original made-for-TV movie, they show a little bit of how, you know, he tortures these people as kids mm-hmm. and kind of feeds off their fear all the way up until they're adults. So he's, oh, yeah. he's fucking these people's whole lives. Oh, you know? yeah. yeah, it's terrible. And, and, you know, when you really think about how you could do that and how you could play on people's fears um, and with the kind of liberties that people have with making films today, uh, mm-hmm. I think this is really going to be a squirm-in-your-seat picture. Absolutely. Now, just a quick little tidbit in there in the whole connection. And I know we're kind of getting <laughs> a little far-fetched in that these kind of do li- all link together, but... The guy who plays the main bully in it is actually going to have a cameo in the Dark Tower. Like, I don't know if he's going to be playing that same character, if it's just the same guy. But just the fact that they were like, hey, let's get that guy to do this role. It's kind of like, hey, if anything, it's a little like tip of the hat to the. Well, they could be connected kind of yeah, thing. So yeah. definitely we could be looking at a much wider, like you said, Stephen King kingdom coming out over the next year or so. So it'd be very interesting to see. I'm, I'm excited. Absolutely. <laughs> but hopefully we got all of you beautiful people excited. You'll run out and check out the Dark Tower this weekend. Maybe grab yourself a Stephen King book or cuddle up with the sci-fi channels, uh, the new series, The Mist, or Hulu's 112263. It's all good stuff out there. And let us know what you think about it. Oh, yeah, man. And a lot of times, man, one of the best things to fight some of these monsters is with fire. And here tonight, Thugmaster J is going to tell us about original fire.
be no fire, not today. And that was Thug Master J with Original Fire. And that comes off his newly released album, Moon Detroit. You can get picked that up on Thug Master J's Bandcamp. We'll be sure to put a link up on Facebook and through our Instagram so you guys will be able to get hooked into that. Absolutely, man. And you can get that and all the rest of the fire he's spitting. <laughs> oh, you know it, man. Yeah, Jay's great. You know, he's based out of Orlando, Florida. So right in our backyard, we've seen him many times. You know, he, he's performed at events here in Orlando, all the nerd, nerdapaloozas and Orlando Nerd Fest and all that good stuff. So, yeah, definitely go out there and support some Thugmaster Jay. Absolutely. But if you're looking for an awesome artist to go out and support and spread some love with in the upcoming weeks, we're going to let you know where you can do it right here in the events section. You know, I've been hearing a lot about the Brew 772 down in Stewart, and one of our old buddies, the Nation of Decay, are going to be rocking the night away at the Brew 772. Uh, shows $5 at the door, and it's kicking off at 8 p.m., so go down there and show them some love. Absolutely. And if you've got the weekend kind of free and, and you're getting in the horror mood with all that Stephen Kingdom action, <laughs> you might want to run out and check out some other horror classics because on Saturday, August 5th, is free movie day where the Lyric Theater will be presenting Rear Window at 3 p.m. That's the original Hitchcock classic on the big screen. So pretty awesome to run and check that out. Um, but later that night, they'll also have The Birds at the Lyric Theater at 7 p.m. Now, both these movies, again, are free. You just do have to pick up your tickets in advance. So I suggest running down to the Lyric Theater as soon as possible during the week right now and go and reserve your seat. Oh, man, definitely. You know, I've been to these free movie nights, and, man, yeah, they're a lot of fun, man. And I know they have, like, little concessions for sale mm -hmm. and stuff. So it definitely has that feel of, like, a movie theater as well. But yeah, just seeing these classics on, on, on the big screen and in the theater and everyone in there is just so cool. You know what I mean? Like sometimes when you go see a movie nowadays, it's like you got to put up with some unruly audiences. It's yeah. like everyone that comes out, even though this movie's free, like it's like everyone's like, yeah, they want to check out this classic. Yeah, so, yeah, definitely. Because you have to go and reserve your ticket ahead of time. Yep, you know? so. Yep. Yeah, so it's not just like any geek off the street coming. <laughs> you know? But uh, yeah, if that wasn't enough for you, the following Wednesday, August 9th, we got KTM, Alloy, and more also rocking the Brew 772 and Stewart. Same as the Nation of Decay show. It's going to be only 5 bucks at the door, but this one's kicking off at 7 p.m. Man, the Brew 772 is going for it this summer, man. Since they kicked their doors open, they're just throwing show after show out there. So make sure all you beautiful people throw them a shout-out, throw them some love on their Facebook pages and shit like that. And then also get your asses down there. Buy a drink, see a oh, show, yeah. support it. It's going to be a blast. It's going to be a lot of fun. So for all of that beautiful stuff and more, make sure you stay tuned to the Power Hour of Love right here only on Podunk Radio. Next Thursday night, we'll be back at 10 p.m., with the special guest, Mr. DC Eric himself will be in the house to drop the latest bombs and latest news from the DC universe. Oh, man, I'm so excited to have Eric back in here, man. You know, we had him in back in like February or so, and like mm -hmm. he was just, it was just so much fun, man. So, yeah, definitely tune in next week. It's going to be an action packed show. And like El Bandito said earlier, definitely hit us up and tell us everything that you guys are up to as well. You got it. So we'll see you right here next week for your next Nerdgasm. Yeah. I don't understand. Things were going so great. But what happened? Something must have happened. It's not you. It's me. Uh, listen. I was thinking we should break up or whatever. I'm breaking up with you. Consider that a divorce.